It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, an episode long awaited, an episode that was much anticipated. In fact, many times scheduled, rescheduled, and then scheduled again another time. So anticipated that messages from Mr. Mayor himself repeatedly woke me up from my slumber. And here we are joined mere moments after I rose from my bed so that we might be able to be here to give you the news and tell you what's going on. And coming up in the third block, uh, Corey K. Ward does the temple ticker with some scandalous news about Ooh. the Orem Temple. Scandalous. Yeah, I apologize. My uh, my schedule's been all kinds of weird and changing around. And so every time I scheduled with you something changed and came up and well you yeah. said medical stuff and so i have to tell you your hair plugs are on point they well look- the medical stuff we'll talk about when i have i told you we'll talk about that later well sure sure more, sure more coming but, but i'm teasing this out but for- people who are patreon saints by going to patreon.com forward slash that cultural hall they can see your hair plugs right now and they can see <laughs> how magnificent they are so you don't need to keep teasing the medical thing your Truly, hair. I'll take that joke, but but I actually have hair that grows like it faster than it should. Like sure, I, sure. I have to get hair haircuts yeah. once a month. Yep, yep. These are natural too. I just want you to know that. Yep. and they're, they're very very natural. And I don't complain about my hair growing fast because it could be the could be the reverse. Yeah, yeah. You could have no hair. In fact, no one hair. day you could be like, oh man, my hair, and that's gone. My dad didn't have hair. Both my grandpas didn't have hair. I'm yeah. just assuming I'm going to lose it someday. So. I really was hoping that someone feminine in that line that you were about to talk about had, had lost no hair. their hair. Yeah. Especially if they had like that <laughs> right down yeah. the center. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was in uh, middle school, true story, there were the three cool kids who shaved their heads that shaved not their whole head, but just like they were the male pattern baldness. So the whole top. Like the crown of their head was gone. I don't know why they did it. I don't know what the point of it was. But in true teen fashion, I wished very much that I could shave my head like that. And my mom wouldn't let me do it. (laughs) Good for your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Good for your mom. Later in high school, she couldn't stop me. So I shaved my whole head and I look like Woody Harrelson from Natural Born Killers. So she she might have known. She might have known. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that my big thing was I got an earring. Oh, yeah, was, you did. I really was expecting my dad to be so angry. Mm-hmm. And I, he probably was, but he went, yeah, looks good. Yeah. And that was the last he said anything of it. And that, and that took <laughs> and all just, of the air, exactly, all of the wind, all of the everything. He probably knew that, right? Smart, smart dad. He was, he, he, he knew exactly if he reacted, I would have got, I would have got everything I was hoping for. If people can travel with us back to a time when earrings in a specific ear mattered, that would have been too much pressure for me because you remember, you know, 80s, oh, yeah. 80s, you 90s. wore it in the wrong ear. Yeah, you wore it in the wrong ear or you did it wrong. It meant things that maybe you didn't know that you meant you were meaning. And yeah. uh, and I can remember different incidences of people were saying, oh, no, oh, I, I thought it was the, oh, I know, I swear I'm not. In effect, in my youthful brain, I thought little things like putting the earring in the wrong ear would make you 
different. Would make you gay. Yeah, oh, would make you I gay. believed things like that too. If yep. you did things like that, yeah, yeah. you would become. Yep. Yeah. Like you have that much control over it. Well, and so funny. And I think I've shared this here in the cultural hall because like all my life, literally all my adolescent life, I wanted to take dance classes. And th- this is sort of a sad, uh, a sad thing, truthfully, because um, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I literally thought that if I would as a guy and was a dancer, that I would be gay. I didn't understand how sexuality worked. Right. And hopefully this isn't offensive. I don't think I don't think anyone in the 80s and 90s, except people who are homosexual, understood how sexuality. Right. Right. And it just shows my ignorance. So hopefully people are like, oh, man, I'm glad that he has evolved into the person that he is, because I'm grateful for that constantly evolving. So let us please not cancel me by what I'm saying. But I really did as a young person. I just was like, man, I want to do this. But I just was I was too afraid of what that meant. Um, And then uh, when serving my mission in Ohio, uh, had a companion who he had taken dance classes. And I actually, I think I remember like sort of a, like a hushed tones kind of conversation where I was like, so let me ask you though. I mean, you took, but do you, you know, and he's like, no. And then I, it, it was, it was, it was like light in heavens broke. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. No, no. If you if if you love someone of your same, you know, sex or, or, or you know, gender, that then you're like, oh, no, 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 that that's not it's not dependent on what you. OK, OK. And then I got and, home and then took all sorts of dance classes and loved the rest of my college experience. And it turns out, regardless of how masculine or feminine you portray yourself mm-hmm. out there. It has no bearing on whether you are attracted to the same sex or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't I would that funny though. Yeah, it is funny. But that was when I was if someone acted like if they swished their hand one way or the other the wrong way to make them seem a little feminine, I, um, I would well, maybe they're gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that's again, don't cancel me either, because these were these are definitely not ideas I held anymore. I think the first time I came, I came to start to start to understand that was on my mission. We met this guy who had been investigating the church for a long time. He came every week. He had missionaries over for for dinner, and he was it was just regular. He was a really nice guy. We finally got deeper into it and understood that the reason he never joined was he he was not ready to change his lifestyle. Yet he believed in the church wholeheartedly. And so mm. so he just didn't join. And he came to church. He came to activities. He was effectively part of the ward. I know from the bishop he paid tithing. But he never joined because he didn't want to have that possibility of of, of screwing up or mm. breaking his covenants. Or, and and, it, and he, he, he talked to us very plainly about that. I don't know if he ever did join the church. But it, I thought it was I, – I thought – Wow, I didn't realize it was so ingrained in you that you couldn't. And that was when I started because this guy was was you know, cuz prior to that, again, I think we brought this up on the, I truly believed um homosexuality was a perversion. That's mm. a terrible word. Please don't again. Yeah. That was yeah. just what I was taught. That's what I was believed and that was the moment when I went this guy's not that way at all. 
Right. In fact, he's taking a conscious effort to make sure he stays, uh, you know, he's, he's following uh, the covenants he would make if he could make it. And, you know, and so it just totally changed my position. And I, I didn't know what to do with it for several more years until my friend came out, who are best friends from when we were kids. So, yeah, it, it's fascinating how quickly something like that can change once the thing is pers- personified in your life. Yeah. Homosexuality, any sort of LGBTQ issues. I think there's lots of race issues that once you are able to be like, hello, friend that, you know, is in a, a, a minority or a minimized group. Tell me about the thing. And then they're like, here's the thing. And then you're like, wait, but you're my friend. Why is that thing? And you, you know, synonymous. And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, well, it shouldn't be. Let me ally myself with you and let's, you know, let's change how things are. And I just, I don't know. Fascinating. I was listening to, uh, and a special congratulations to uh, this week in Mormons. Last week, they published their um, 600th episode. That's a huge feat and super proud of Jeff and all the guys over there. Um, but they were talking as part of that episode how since they started in 2010, the massive swing in uh, LGBTQ issues within the church, just how differently we act now within the church than we did just a mere you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago when they started. So. Uh, shout out to him. And then that's sort of where that comes from. I've been thinking about that a little bit. What else is new for you, sir? The hair plugs, the hair plugs. Yeah. I got all those hair plugs. And what's funny is they went into each one of my natural hairs, which already yeah. existed. And yes, and just made it stronger. Them. Just made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, not too much. I've got, again, I've got things coming up, which we'll announce in a future, future sure. episode. Sure. I do have, which I'll talk to you after this, where we're going to post that. I do have my first, post for our hear him oh i ready that i can post probably at about when this is this is post so okay um can you tease us and tell us what him it is that you'll be speaking about so yeah it it and it actually stems from a experience on my when i went on my mission the first time i realized i had anxiety separation anxiety and other forms of anxiety but Mm -hmm. um I when I hit the MTC, like many missionaries, I it was a big shock being pulled away from your family mm-hmm. and and for me specifically. And so I'll go into it more in detail, but I, it affected me so much that I nearly went home and mm. and I went to the bookstore again. I'll tell this. Well, yeah, you're telling me all the story. No, no, I just no. Asked, this is the. I just asked what him it was. This is the lead in. Anyway, I get to the bookstore in the MTC and I I get this tape. Of uh, by the way, cassette tapes for you listening are things you used to listen to music on. Yeah. Anyway, they had magnetic um, ribbon in them. And yeah, if if you got <laughs> them jacked up, then you had to use a pencil and and tweak them back. So I'm, I take it back to my, my and I just put my in my my Walkman or whatever it was, and it was a song I never recalled liking before, even though I sung it many times. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a a hymn written by two members of the church to two female members of the church but um both in times of great strife and it's called where can i turn for peace ah there and it is that that hymn kept me on my mission and i'll talk i'll talk a little bit about kind of that experience and, and how that works and the story behind that hymn and what what was going on because one thing it's interesting if you look at the stories of hymns many of our great hymns were written 
at times of personal strife. Sure. Yeah. So. So uh, remind me, are we doing that as a blog post? Or are you going to audio record it and then we'll drop it in? The we had not feed? decided. But I think okay. we could do both, right? I'll, I'll, I could do both. Yeah. Yeah. I say, let's do it. So, I mean, I can post it on the culturalhall.com, but I think what we, it would be better if I just recorded it and then. Um, Send it over. We'll make it kind of a supplemental episode between the week. That sounds great. Yeah, that'll work. And then, uh, and we can just, yeah. So let's do that. We just okay. agreed. That's Done. what we'll do. And people give us feedback because if you love it, he'll continue. I'm sure it's a lot of work. And if you hate it, boy, he's not looking for things to do. <laughs> but I he, do enjoy it. He's so got I, he's got to brush those things a hundred times every night, and that takes time, you guys. <laughs> I write a lot of these posts for myself anyway, mm-hmm. but I write I definitely have to write them differently for a general audience because sure. it's a little gratuitous in my own personal blog. <laughs> I love I, when you say gratuitous like that. I love thinking that you're like, and I'm the greatest person. You know, like you're just. No, it's just more like I I give details that. No, you I know, care I know, about. <laughs> I know, I know. But you're just like, slap the old back, slap yeah. the old back. Let's uh, let's take a break and let's come back and do actual articles of news. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second part of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Go ahead and hit it, Peter. And away we go. Uh, news, glorious news. Lots about murders. This is the first article. I want to just know if you know any of these people. You can find... A complete you mean rundown. Murders? Yeah, these murderers. <laughs> There's only murders in this building. Man, I love that show. Uh, the title of this article is, uh, I, I appreciated it, Notorious <clears throat> Mormon Murderers. And I want to know how many of these people you know. I'm not going to go, like I say, into them. But these are people who were members of the church uh, and and, you know, murderers um i should also say as the article says that what i'm about to read includes the allegations of domestic abuse sexual assault suicide and spiritual abuse if you or anyone you know is experiencing these issues help is available you can contact samsa's national helpline at 1-800-662-HELP rain's national helpline at 1-800-656-HOPE the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by calling 1-800-273-TALK or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And with that, here we go. Jo- Joseph Paul Franklin. Did you know who that was? No idea. Yep. I didn't know that one either. Fascinating story about whom he was. Uh, Ron and Dan Lafferty. Yep. I've heard of them. Yep, I was not directly... No, I don't directly know them. Well, okay. So I'm, we're going for the more have heard about them. Oh, okay. And directly know kidding. them or have some sort of genealogical tie to them. That's not what we're asking. 
Uh, Erville LeBaron. Definitely heard of him. Yep. yep. Known as the Mormon Manson. You can, again, read a little bit about him. Why this article exists, I'm not sure, but I was fascinated to know that there are so many. And one in here kind of made me go, well, okay, that's an interesting inclusion on this list. Uh, Glenn and Justin Helzer. Never heard of them. Uh, if you watched uh, the People magazine Investigates, um, these were called the Children of Thunder, and you can read about that. That's if your thing is this thing. If you're like, why are we doing this? You can just keep fast forwarding. Uh, this is the one that I thought was interesting to be included. So it's Notorious Mormon Murderers. And they include Oren Porter Rockwell in the list. I thought that was definitely knew about him. I read it as biography and several other things about him. Right. He has some very, I don't know if they would call him a murderer. It's right. hard. Well, to, that's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like destroying angel for the prophet Joseph. Like, yeah, I can think of lots of other things. I think the only place you could maybe, except for he didn't die was the attempted. Now, of course, Porter Rockwell never admitted to it, but there's, it's hard to tell who really did it. The um, shooting of Lilburn W. Boggs. Sure. Um, and it was blamed on Porter Rockwell. Well, Porter and he Rockwell. didn't die, though. He didn't he die. He didn't die. No, yeah. but, so but the, he attempted. So that's probably the close. Everything else was was done either in defense. I would at least based on what I read. And and, and the if you there's an autobiography, a really good one that came out in early 90s that goes into it in very good detail. And and and. uh it seems like they were either in self-defense or um, he was the marshal of Salt Lake County or sheriff or something like that for mm -hmm. many years. And so they were done out of um, out of you know his duty as well. So it's hard to know. But anyway, uh, another one on this list you're probably aware of. And we've actually the most downloaded episode of the cultural hall is about this notorious murderer. Any guesses? B.I.G. Notorious B.I.G. No, no. Okay. Jody Arias. Oh yeah. Now, this is in the uh, yeah. 2008. Uh, she converted to the church. We actually interviewed the missionary that uh, that baptized her. Uh, Mark a... Mark Hoffman, which Definitely. I that was sort of an interesting spin because I think him, of him as sort of a forgerer, uh, but obviously a murderer as he mm -hmm. you know killed a, a couple people. Um, with those bombs towards the end of him. Uh, this one I, I don't often see included in lists, but it's it's a horrible, horrible, horrible uh, murder. Mark Hacking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a That's... friend who looked exactly like Lori Hacking. I'll never forget it. When I first saw when she was just missing, we didn't know what had happened. I saw this, the, you know, wanted help us find her. And I was like, my friend Annie, is she okay? And then... I, I... I remember, I recall it was a, that whole story and how it was going on. And, and what I really remember about that, obviously how awful it was, but Lori Hacking's mom on Oprah uh -huh. and the, I mean, the, the way she was able to kind of talk about holding him accountable, but with forgiveness, like, mm -hmm. like with love, you know what I mean? And, and, mm -hmm. and this is shortly after her after this scenario and i was very impressed by her mom and that and that you know uh arthur let me get through the rest of this list arthur gary bishop is another one uh ronnie lee haskell and i think that that oh jason brown that sort of winds out the list there 
Um, you can find a link to all those in the show notes for this episode. And here I think is why I find it so fascinating. Um, you know, I, I'm, I am not a middle-aged, uh, woman who is the target audience typically for these, uh, like murder, you know, podcasts, that kind of stuff. But, but the reason why I find and why I even thought to bring those up within this is as you look at each of the stories, I mean, I know we especially recognize the religion that's intertwined with the uh, Orrin Porter Rockwell uh, being a notorious murderer. But some of these other ones, like the way, and I'm not, I am by no means um, saying that like the church caused it, like how Krakauer sort of does and under the banner of heaven. Krakauer says, uh, your faith makes you violent. You're a violent people if you're a member of the church. That's what I'm saying. But like, individually and uniquely in each of those uh, murder cases, at least that I'm aware of, it is a fascinating study to see how it's real close to the gospel. And then somewhere within it, it just took a hard right or a hard left. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. No, we were doing the thing. We were doing the thing. And then what happened? And then how did we get here? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'd love for you to lighten it up a little bit so that I'm that okay. I, I will lighten this up. Um, has any have you been watching She Hulk? Uh, I have not. So I have she heard Hulk is a I have Disney heard it is the, the tongue in cheek love must see that everyone is. Enjoying. Oh, it is. It is written well. It's funny. It's you uh, anyway. It's really good. Watch She Hulk. But okay. there's a character on it named Mallory Book. Okay, and it's. It's I I find it interesting that uh well in the in the comics if you understand who Mallory Book is mm-hmm. she is one of uh Jennifer Walters or She Hulk's key rivals especially in the law in the as an attorney okay. um and Mallory Book take is is in the new She Hulk and in the comics Mallory Book is a, was a uh, she graduated from BYU she's a <laughs> member of the church she so she so we ha- and she won the Miss Utah Beauty contest of course she did the comics I mean so she's like you know the 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 quintessential Mormon from Utah attorney right working uh-huh. well they don't necessarily portray her as such oh come in, on in the and I was kind of and in this most recent episode they go to a bar she's drinking alcohol and I'm like. Is that just that they're just shying away from the LDS one or are they going to have more nuance? Probably more, uh, probably shying away from it. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, when you watch She-Hulk, the Mallory book character, who in the most recent episode um, rep- represents the She-Hulk character in a trademark lawsuit. <laughs> By mm. the way, She-Hulk does get into trademark lawsuits. <laughs> Good. As as she should. It's so, as, as it's, he shows should right it's so near just a regular hulk she but don't should let be. that just just keep you from watching the show because it really is good but anyway then they they when they get done they go to a bar afterwards and she she partakes and i was just like i'm not sure where they're going with that because the character very distinctly and her arc within the comics is lds so i just find it interesting that's well, why aren't they being true to the comics that's what i want to know Ah, maybe they just want to steer away from the LDS idea, or maybe there's going to be a more nuanced hmm. because Mallory Book does have a ultimately a, a troubled life, especially with She Hulk and some things. So anyway, I don't know. We'll find out. You know, you remember the old um, Jeff Foxworthy 
you might be a redneck. Do you remember that line of yeah. Uh, yeah. joking? Yeah. Uh, one that dawned on me um, while you were talking just now is you might be, and for the purposes of not saying Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'm just going to say Mormon. I recognize it, but it also also would be funnier when you say, you know, you might be a Mormon. You know, you might be a Mormon if when you're talking about alcohol, you say partook instead of drank. <laughs> and so she partook. I was like, what? It, it took me a second. I was like, partook. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drank. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. she had some alcohol. I grew up in the church. I used the vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> and yet she partook. Okay. So this is, so this was interesting. Um, President Nelson, now uh, 98 years old. Um, born September 9th, 1924. Uh, now the longest, um, if I understand it, the longest serving apostle and uh, the oldest prophet of the church. But I don't think that he holds the title of oldest, uh, oldest apostle. I mean, certainly he does of living apostles now. Um, but I want to say maybe there was an older apostle or maybe it was just a 70. So I don't think he's the oldest who's ever been in church service. So there's still, there's still a title that's out there. There was an article that, um, you know, how, uh, how, uh, the Deseret news sometimes just wants to make an article about stuff. <laughs> yes. So, so it was his birthday and, they wanted to to make a big hoop to do, and there's a great picture of President Nelson. You can see this in the show notes for this episode, where you know it's his birthday, and you see kind of on the side there's his birthday cards, and on uh, the the desk there's you know like, like a picture of Wendy and some other things, right? So it's it's he's just you know just a guy. He's just you know the leader of the church. He's you know he's every man and. And we love him. And there's a big old jar of cashews, just massive jar of cashews. But the article is like, how did President Nelson spend his 98th birthday? And you think if they're going to write an article about it, that it's like, well, he had delicious cake. And then he read the, uh, you know, the letters from this. And then he went out and did all these things. A family this party. Yeah, this is. And I quote what the Deseret News mentioned that President Nelson did on his birthday. Quote, participating in meetings and other duties in the church administration building. <laughs> <laughs> so he went to work. So he went he, to work on he, his birthday. He went to work. That's the uh that's what President Nelson did on his birthday. And good for him. I go to work yeah. on my birthday. He doesn't have very many left. Might as well work on them. Yeah, yeah. How do you no. know? How do you know that he did You're right. No, you're right. I don't know. Yeah, you I have don't. a pretty good idea. What do you have? Uh, so uh, kind of tying off of on our uh, conversation we had in the first block, um, in Florida, multiple churches, multiple leaders of multiple churches um, brought together and signed a letter calling for LGBTQ protection in Florida. In fact, the letter, the letter states this, no one should be denied these protections protections based on their sexual orientation or gender identity and likewise religious persons and institutions should be protected in practicing their faith and this call for peace was signed by many churches including the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints so mm -hmm. wanted to call that out as you know the difference you know we we had mentioned you had mentioned the difference in how we would have reacted 10 years ago even and what we're doing now this is a key indicator that while 
our standard of what we believe necessarily hasn't changed. How we act and how we interact mm-hmm. and how we treat others um, is has changed. Now, is it perfect? Is it better? No, but definitely has improved. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, and it's about. I want to say it was maybe even longer than that, uh, but uh, in Utah, Utah and the LDS Church were one of like the first collaborative uh, efforts to do something like that. What just happened in Florida happened in Utah, and um, and people were like, "How can the church feel how it feels and then still be able to do this?" And people are like, "No, no, these are these are basic rights that we want no prejudice." against you should be able to have jobs rent uh you know rent an apartment or a home and i just uh the the ignorance that comes when people are like how can the church do this so like the other side of it i i just don't get i don't that that to me is where i just go well do you feel like people are equal i almost have to take it back to that so i it's funny because over time I again back to how we used to think. I would have had a hard time going. How do I how do I reconcile those two things? And over time, I've started to realize that the standards and beliefs I hold are should start with me. So I should point to me first, mm-hmm. and and then from there it should be something I I share and teach um, by example by how much I love and care for other people by how, how I can do that. And if people are interested in my particular, I can, I will, and I will share my beliefs with, with someone, but it should not ever be that, that outward judgment like thing. And, and it, it occurred to me one day and I can't remember if someone said, said something to me or if it just popped into my head, but one way or the other, I, it occurred to me that, one of the key reasons we are not allowed to judge anyone else's ability to reach the celestial kingdom for any reason mm-hmm. is because that's what Satan was doing in the pre-mortal existence. And when we do that, there's only one person who has that job, and we are at trying to take his job, which that is what Satan was doing in the pre-existence. So I I hold it to be that high, and I do it from time to time. I don't mean to. Immortal, mortal, and like that person should do better and whatever. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, but the more the hopefully I can change that and turn it in in on myself. I should do better. I yeah. should do things differently instead of outwardly a, a pushing that out. And Andrew, you know, kindness begins with you. Yeah, that is correct. That is a good lesson we learned in primary. <laughs> I will sing it to you. Sing if it. You, if you ever, it. No, if you ever do need. It. If you sing ever it. need. If you, if you find yourself in a pinch. How does it start? What's the first line? If you find yourself in a way, don't, don't, don't tease me. Don't taunt oh, me. We're don't hearing. Ta- no, everyone, it, everyone listening no. is saying, sing it, sing no. it. Maybe, maybe if they become a patron saint, don't consider right. it. Uh, I, this is interesting um, with the uh, passing of the, of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, on Thursday, September 8th, the church uh, made an official 
statement. And I thought this was interesting. I know we've done it in other cases, but it's short enough to kind of read here. The United Kingdom and the people of the world have lost a noble monarch with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. She presided through seven decades in times of peace and conflict, plenty and struggle, and did so with characteristic grace and goodness. The First Presidency, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints express admiration and respect for the Queen and extend our sincere condolences to her family at this tender time. In modern day scripture, the Lord cancels that we are to live together in love insomuch that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die. The many expressions of sympathy from around the world are a loving tribute to Queen Elizabeth II from those who loved her and who mourn with her family and the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. In such moments, we feel gratitude for the goodness and of an exemplary life and rejoice in the hope of a glorious resurrection made possible through the loving sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought that was just nice, concise, very respectful and well said. Plus, it's crazy to think that she was the queen for 70 years, 70 That's plus years. And then, of course, in true fashion, uh, you knew that the next uh, article that would be published would would be seven times that Latter-day Saints have interacted with oh, yeah. Queen Elizabeth II. Um, it's either that or the top 10 times. Yeah. Or these pictures of Queen Elizabeth will will love you make you love her even more that's their big thing now with any of the apostles they always have these these 37 pictures that will make you love elder cook even more <laughs> yeah 99 pictures that will make you like going to church even more uh but it talks about in one instance where um the osmonds met the queen and and uh <laughs> she had been given a book of Mormon. Um, and she, she, uh, she said when, um, someone else brought it up years later, uh, Jimmy actually performed for her and she said, Oh yes, I remember your family. I remember your mother. I still have your Mormon Bible. So conspiracy theorists unite, maybe Queen Elizabeth secretly a member of the church of Jesus Christ. of Latter-day Just Like Saints. Elvis Presley. Yeah, exactly. Like Elvis and well, Steve Martin. And Steve yeah. Martin. Well, Steve Martin was the one who uh, was mission companions. I got nothing. Uh, Tell me uh, what I got. I got have. a quick one, and then okay. I got another one. Um, okay. The definitely getting my my normal tabernacle choir um, updates, things like that going on. There is on the twenty third of September. There will be a major music festival in the just like you know woodstock and Lollapalooza. <laughs> uh -huh. it'll the be church of Palooza. the classical 89's organ fest okay will be going on on february september 23rd at 7 30 p.m at wait february Lake. september 23rd sorry did i say february yeah <laughs> friday okay. september 23rd 7 30 p.m at the salt lake tabernacle the public is invited and they're yeah it's it's gonna be a rocking rocking time will richard elliott be there uh i have no idea probably i would it doesn't say in the thing doesn't specifically call him out for the tabernacle choir I would, Square. I would doubt he'd miss it uh, oh no i'm missing it right there this year's program will feature organs right on top um richard elliott andrew Unsworth, brian i read i read these i read all these other organists and mm -hmm. somehow my brain just cut out. Yeah. Richard Elliott. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, he's the first one. <laughs> yeah. 
Facebook recommends that he and I be friends. So I'm, I'm excited that I have, uh, have reached that point in my life. And then the other one I want to bring up, because you might have covered it in an articles of news, but because I was looking, I didn't know this. Um, and so if you did apologize for it, okay. but they, the church has recently acquired and, um, uh, started undergoing, undergoing the restoration of the Joseph Smith home in Kirtland, Ohio. Were you yeah. aware of that? Is that something that was brought yeah. up already? Yep. I, I thought so, but I didn't know that. And I thought that's cool. And that there's kind of, they've also acquired the store across the street and some other things around there. So Kirtland is now growing more and more and, in a, as a visitor site and visitor site. And I just thought that was cool. And they've gone back and they've researched it and they're taken off even a, a one of the stories of the house mm -hmm. to make it go back to the original and the porches to make it go back. So anyway, apologize if that was already done, but I just thought it was cool. Well, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a process and I, yeah. and you know, it pops up in the newsfeed every now and then I think Gary Boatwright is his name. Gary, I'm sorry. I know you listen. He's the one in charge of like all of the, the church historical sites. And he's said that he's willing to come and do an episode. Gary, I'm sorry. We'll do it. We're still going to do the episode. I'm sorry. But um, when I served my mission and was able to be around the Kirtland area, someone in the ward, that is one of the members of the ward, pointed out Joseph Smith's house, said, there's Joseph Smith's house. And it's obviously been built did on you know, and all these things. Did you know an Alan Rabe? Uh, R A B uh, Alan and Carmen Rabe. That, that sounds familiar. But what he this particular there while you were on your mission. So this particular member just said, "Uh, yeah, you can rent it. You can <laughs> rent it for like eight hundred bucks a month or something like that." Because it was still like there was no placard, there was no significant anything about it. It was just like, yeah, that's Joseph. Should have rented. Wouldn't it have been cool to use as a missionary flat? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's my that's where we go. This is church. Anyway, that would have been. I mean, we had um, we had district meetings in the school of the prophets, so we did OK. We did all right as far as some yeah, of that. That, stuff. that would be kind of cool. It was it was very cool. Uh, happy birthday to just serve just serve dot org. Whether you're looking for a one time service opportunity or you want to do something regularly in your area, you just enter your zip code. Just serve dot org has just hit 11 years old. Congratulations to them. Uh, there's a brand new podcast. We welcome them with loving arms. Uh, it is called Magnify. And it is, I mean, I want to make sure that I get the uh, the descriptor spot on so that people aren't like, how dare he? Uh, the brand new Magnify podcast focuses on how women of God can use their influence to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world. And uh I have th tried my three different angles to get in touch with the host. So hopefully one of those come to fruition uh, in the next week and we'll be able to get that podcast on. Now you've got, I think by my counting, I, I see that you've got one more story. Is that correct? Well, it depends on if I want to go to the satanic one or not. Oh yeah. I, have to, I, I mean, have I feel to. like I started with murder, so maybe let's hold the the satanic one. Okay, and let's, and then let's, uh, let's go to more of a lighter one, a, mm -hmm. a good one, a, a positive one, not lighter. It's it's actually, the LDS Church. Um, this heard of it? Makes a biggest one-time charitable donation ever to the UN's 
World Food Program. $32 million in a one-time um, effort. Um, uh, Bishop L. L. Todd Budge said, we are so grateful to collaborate with the War World Food Program because we know they will get food to those who need it the most. And so this, this obviously goes to um, our our massive welfare efforts that we take do throughout, which is one of the best things about being a member of the church. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the largest one-time donation in church's history, thirty-two million dollars went to the World Food Organization. And it's going to be that they that equates to one point six million people in nine nations. I thought that yeah. was pretty. Afghanistan, the Dominican, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Haiti, Kenya, Nigeria, Somalia, South. Sudan. I almost said South Jordan, South Sudan and yeah, Yemen. It's very different. South Sudan is very different than yeah, South Jordan. Very different. Uh, there are lots of um, very, very serious stories that we should talk about. And I just want to highlight that we will talk about them in the future because we do not have enough time uh, coming up in the third block. We've got the temple ticker, but we are still yet to do a follow up on the um, church's helpline in the Arizona case. There is recent developments and that we'll do that in the next news episode. Um, there is a follow up. Last time we chatted, we talked about the um, at the Duke BYU volleyball match that some racial slurs were shouted, shared, and and people that were banned. And there's new update on that story as well. So know that we are aware of these things that are going on. Uh, and there's a couple of other just we just don't have the time in this episode to address them because uh, I started with that murder list. Maybe that was the mistake. But I did think that this was interesting as we kind of wrap out this episode before we get to the third block. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, do you know who that person is? Um, Green Bay Packer guy? Yes. Nice. Nice work. Uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback. Um, just guy. Yeah, just Green guy. Bay Packer just, guy. He's a guy. He's just, you know. Uh, during his September 2nd appearance on the Pat McAfee show, he described the joy of seeing his teammates hang out together again in the locker room. There's freestyle rapping in one corner. The random specialists are in the other corner talking about Joseph Smith. That's what Rogers said. Okay. He wow. added that he didn't bring up Smith as a slight to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He said that he's been thinking about Latter-day Saints lately as he's gotten to know his team's new punter, Pat O'Donnell. I did make a joke with our new Pat uh, punter, Pat O'Donnell. He showed up to plane. Uh, he showed up to the plane and I said, are you on your mission? Because he looked like a door to door Mormon guy, obviously wearing, a, you know, slacks, white shirt and tie. Rogers noted that the conversation led O'Donnell, who previously played for the Chicago Bears, to put a copy of the Book of Mormon in his locker. And uh, he had marked it up with highlights and notations to pique the quarterback's curiosity. Quote. He had taken the time to go through it because he knew how detailed how because he knew of how a detailed oriented I am and that I would probably look through it. The move helped to bring the two men closer. Rogers, who's non-denominal Christian, uh, non-denominational Christian, um, but now identifies more of a as a spiritual seeker, said the marked up Book of Mormon showed that O'Donnell really got his sense of humor and intellect and gave the quarterback a glimpse of his punter's goofy side. Now, I'd be curious to know what uh, highlights he could do that would show that he understands Aaron Rodgers' sense of humor. Uh, I get the intellect side. But here's what I want to say. Pat O'Donnell, way to go. 
Can I mean, you imagine taking you know, this... missionary work in normal and natural ways? That's yes. A perfect example of it. Yes. And just being like, listen, Aaron Rodgers. Just being normal. A, a public, you know, facing profile thing. We had a thing. We talked about this. That was fine. I want to share this with you. I'm not hinging our friendship on this thing. I just want to do you have this thing. And here you go. Way to go, Pat O'Donnell. I agree. I agree. That's all I got. Go. You got to go to work or whatever. Well, I just wanted to say the best. There's one great thing about the temple ticker. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of great things. About it, but you. my favorite thing is when it's here, I don't have to do the ending. Oh, I know. <laughs> You can see the uh, sweat dry up from your uh, from your brow. There you go. I'm uh, getting better. One yeah. of these days, I'll do it without having to look at them. Yeah, head. you will. You shoot for the stars because you know what? If you fall among the moon, you're still better than you ever were before. Every I'm day. not sure what that means, but it's go ahead. that thing. You shoot for the stars because if you miss, you might land on the moon. There you go. I don't know. It's a. It's it just got real bright where I record. The sun just came up enough to get right in the studio and you could see how bright it is if you're a patreon <laughs> yeah i look like i look like two-face from a batman movie uh, andrew thanks for being here welcome best dj in utah.com that is the website if you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event now uh, i've done weddings and uh, family reunions and i've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party i have yet to do a funeral, uh, and so I, I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral, and I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark, and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering consider rather hiring me? Uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, it is the Temple Ticker. If you have never listened to the Cultural Hall and you're thinking Temple Ticker, what a cleverly named feature in a show. You're right. But it's uh, the latest and greatest news about the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And here uh, to give us all of that is the Pharaoh himself, Corey K. Ward. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you, Richie? I'm pretty well. You know, the thing that I think is fun is when we don't have you on for a couple of weeks, then when you send me all that we're going to talk about, I'm like, that's just <laughs> happened since the last time we chatted. Constantly stuff going on. Uh, without further ado, take me where you want to take me. Let's go. Yeah, so um, the big, I guess, surprise in Temple News was the groundbreaking of the Ephraim Utah Temple. And of course, that was announced in advance. We knew that was going to happen. But a surprise visit from President Nelson happened. And so, sorry, Walter F. Gonzalez, who was announced to be the presiding authority. Uh, now, President Nelson was the presiding authority. So, do you, do you know who Walter F. Gonzalez is? Is he just the Area 70? He's like in area? the presidency. I don't think... Okay. He's the president. I'm, I'm actually not sure. But he's like either the president or one of the counselors in the, in the area presidency. But he's not the prophet, so he gets sort of nudged. 
That's right. Ahead, scoot over. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why that was. Any any sort of speculation? Why you think that President Nelson was like? You know what? I got this. Yeah, we can talk more about it. I did go ahead and watch um, his talk in the groundbreaking ceremony, so I have a few insights of why he might want that. Um, he basically, if you could say, other than Salt Lake City, if you could say that President Nelson has a hometown, that's it's Ephraim, Utah. Um, really? He said that all um, he's a three of his four grandparents were born in Ephraim. His other, his father was born in Manti. His mother was born there, and. At one time, all eight of his grandparents lived in Ephraim, and they they were from England, Norway, Denmark, and Sweden. To which he said, "I don't even think they could talk to each other." <laughs> but they they all lived there. I had no idea about that connection for him. That's right. Um, the, he also talked a little bit about the history of the area. Um, obviously, there's Snow College right there in the middle of town, and that was named after the Apostle Erastus Snow as well as the Prophet Lorenzo Snow in 1888 is when the, the school was um, established. So a really old school for Utah standards. Was there any mention in the dedicatory prayer or in the session about how the Ephraim Temple um, was sort of announced after we all went, no, don't tear down Manti, don't change Manti? <laughs> was there any sort of reference to any of that? Yeah, he actually, he said it was um, basically a direct revelation. He said, I received, he said, shortly after the April 2021 uh, General Conference, sorry, 2021 Conference, uh, he said, I received very clear instructions that the Manti Temple should be preserved and that a temple should be built in Ephraim. And so at the time, um, some of the other general authorities like Bishop Waddell had been trying to kind of like separate the two, been like, oh, well, it's Ephraim first and then. Manti was second, and then this kind of resolved. But President Nelson there is saying that, no, it happened at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's cool. And the, and it was also interesting <clears throat> to note, and here in Utah, certainly they made a big deal out of it, uh, but the governor of the state of Utah, a previous guest of the Cultural Hall, was also there at the temple dedication. He was. He quite famously is from Fairview, Utah, which is only a few towns north of Ephraim, so They'll be attending that temple as well as everyone in Carbon County and Emory County will be there. And, and it also, and this is a thing that I always love because we like to we like to ascribe everything that happens as a meaning. Like uh, you know, in general conference, we always take credit uh or give credit to God for the exact weather at the exact moment during the different things of general conference. But it rained, right, during the dedicatory session. Yeah. yeah. Right when President Nelson was giving the dedicatory prayer, it just started pouring. And so, of course, some of the church news headlines were like, oh, the, the heavens weep. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, President Nelson also, um, so something funny he did was he just named a bunch of his ancestors and a bunch of like the founding um, men of uh, Ephraim. And he just, all this, he just like, hey, does, are any of you related? And he tried and find people that were raising their hand. And one person, um, he didn't get any hands raised. And so he's like, you guys need to do your family history. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> if any of you are from you from, you're going to be related to this guy. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. That's kind of cool. And is it a fairly large temple in Ephraim? I would imagine it would be, but I guess that's just my assumption. Um, for Utah standards, it's medium, about 39,000 square feet. Um, only one baptistry, which it notes. Yeah. And then four ordinance rooms. So. That, that's the new standard by which you judge a, a super temple, right? You're like <laughs> yeah. one baptistry or two baptistries. The respect comes for the two baptistries. That's right. And it's going to be right there on um, kind of the end of 200 North. So if you're going down the highway, 
You just look down to her north, you'll see the temple there. So I can't I can't imagine with the uh, uh town the size of Ephraim that you could miss it from anywhere in you know, <laughs> in Ephraim. It's like Manti too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just you just see it. There it is, boom. And uh President Nelson called the Manti Temple the jewel of the valley. So apparently this temple won't be able to measure up to th- that jewel. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh anything else from the Ephraim temple dedication? When is it supposed to be um like up, rolling, and ready. Probably about two years or two or three years, maybe 2024, 2025 or so. Mm. Um, the Manti Temple will probably be finished before then, like next year or 2024. So, yeah, interesting to know if uh, President Nelson will still be around. He'd be a centenarian, likely by the time that thing would be dedicated. But if he made the trip back down, that'd be. That'd be yeah, pretty significant. I mean, he's, he's still looking pretty good. I don't know if you saw the recent pictures of the queen when she met with the new prime minister, but those pictures, she looks like she had gone downhill and she's a couple years younger than President Nelson. She yeah, had like it, bruises on her hands and everything. Yeah. It moves quick. When you're that old, it's like, I'm good. Then you go to bed and then the next day you wake up and it's like, <laughs> not good. Not good. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out, everybody. Wish me. Wish me goodbye. Uh, there, there's other temple news, and I've been interested uh, in following this because of some of the headlines that have come out of New Zealand, where it's like secretive temple. Uh, you know, it, it's all it's all sort of like intrigue and mystery that all it seems like all of the headlines uh, have talked about with the Hamilton Temple. Yeah, well, it's such a historic building. It's been there since 1958, and it's the first time it's been open to the public for. 60 years or so mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of attention about that um there's a small kind of a small town near hamilton named temple view so it's kind of like a, a small latter-day saint settlement where almost everyone's a member of the church they used to have a college there called the church college of new zealand that only closed in 2009 and they have since redeveloped it adding some housing some parks and having some new museums about the area so kind of the temple of our renovation is kind of like the completion of the project was the renovation just to kind of up it to standards, right? Better like air conditioning and, you know, better Certainly, flow yeah. of things like that. Nothing, nothing on the outside. Um, yeah, they preserved it pretty well on the outside. There's, they didn't add an angel Moroni like they have in other temples, like in um, Switzerland or London. So um, obviously we know that why that is, but yeah. Well, cause it's not Moroni's temple. It's, it's <laughs> Jesus's temple, which by that, I've had that conversation with a couple of people um, where people have said, well, okay. Then why not do a picture of G or a, a a statue of Jesus, and and I go, how about just no statues? How about how about <laughs> it just be we have it on the inside or you know pictures or you know those kind of things? How about no statues? Can we do that? <laughs> the one change that did happen in the temple was that originally this temple had so this is only the second temple to have film endowment mm-hmm. after the one in Switzerland, and so. Um, there usually just be one large just kind of auditorium to present the endowment. And of course, you can only present the endowment like every two hours. So they in the renovation, they kind of split up the room into two medium sized rooms. That makes sense, because then that way you can do them every hour. More saints there worshiping. I mean, you, you hate to say stuff like this, but it's so they can get people more people through. Right. It's an oh, yeah. efficiency thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I guess something other notable about that was that the also the celestial room has like fewer full murals on the throughout the room and so it's only one of three temples to have murals in the celestial room interesting any any uh significance as to who painted those or why that is that way 
You know, I don't know. But the other temples, um, the LA temple and the Idaho Falls temple, and those were kind of all built in the same decades. So that must have just been kind of some of the patterns. Yeah. I miss the days of murals. Bring back the days of murals. Ephraim, Ephraim, you should have (laughs) murals in your building. Uh, And then this was uh, this was curious, too, because I've been uh, to this temple and and I felt like it was in pretty good shape. But the Kona Hawaii temple is going to be renovated. It is. It is the latest Hinkley mini temple to be completely renovated, not just like um, with Hamilton where they restored the outside, but they're going to actually completely uh, take off the outside and kind of rebuild it. And so I actually read something else. Someone on Reddit said that he was helping um, clean the temple during the mission and he was power washing the outside and parts of the temple fell off. So I don't know. (laughs) That's just hearsay. Yeah. But apparently I think that Vermont marble in the humid climate of Hawaii is probably not doing too well. Well, and they have to, I think that they have gotten to the point where they, they are more conscious about that right in the past. They just were like, this will look beautiful and put this here. But there have been enough temples that they've had to kind of change things around that. They're probably, I think like, okay, what is a thing that is from around here that looks beautiful that we can build the temple out of rather than shipping stuff in and making it look like that. But they're also making, uh, they're not only renovating it, making it out of a material that won't deteriorate as fast as the marble, but they're also like, you know, a third bigger of the temple. Yeah. Up from 9,500 square feet to 12,000 square feet. So it will be slightly larger. Maybe I think it's maybe the baptistry that looks a little bit larger in the rendering. Um, and like you said, um, if you ever seen the Honolulu t- uh, Tabernacle, it's a really nice historical building. Um, the spire on top of the temple kind of resembles that same pattern. Mm. And of course, Moroni staying, so it's not going to be taken off. Maybe you so don't he's know. Grandfa- he's grandfathered in. That's <laughs> grandfathered in Moroni. Uh, I, I, it leads me to believe because Kona will be closed and then the people that live on the big island, because that's where Kona is, are asked to go to the Laie temple. I've got to think this this uh, general conference is coming up. We got to get another Hawaii temple. And I'm thinking the people of Maui are like, we got the place picked out. Here it is. Let's do it. Mini <laughs> temple on Maui. And think about how many members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints who go to Maui on vacation. I can't imagine it mm-hmm. wouldn't get used. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's definitely a possibility. That island has two stakes, just like the big island. So Will you talk to some people? I'll talk to the people I know. <laughs> I, then... My uncle's from Kona, or from um, Maui, so I'm sure he'd be stoked. Yeah, let's talk to him. Let's talk yeah. to him. Speaking of stoked, I know you didn't make mean to make that word uh, association, but a little bit more about the fire at the Orem, Utah Temple. We finally got some word back about this. We did. It looks like the ATF and the Orem Police Department are investigating as an arson. So they're offering a $5,000 reward if you have a tip that will lead to an arrest. Do they have any, do they, I know that they're saying it's arson. Do they have any idea like how that arson started? Like Molotov cocktail thrown over the, you know, the dramatic part of me thinks of it like that, where it's someone just frustrated and angry at the church and takes the bottle and lights the rag and (laughs) throws it up and says, they, but they, they, all I've heard is that they just think that it's arson or that I'm just, I'm not a a fire investigation expert there. They did release pictures from the inside um, where they show the burn marks in the, the area. I'm, they have some, I don't know if that tinfoil was just there or whatever, but maybe that came from that, but they also released footage of um, 
they think it's an arson because a security camera caught someone um, leaving the scene at about 11.09. And so it's a very grainy picture. You really can't tell who it would be. But This is a complete aside and not related to the temple at all, but I thought it was very funny. Have you seen the meme where it has the new pictures from the James Webb telescope and how everything is super clear and whatever? And then it has it juxtaposed to the grainy pictures that we get from security cameras. And it's just <laughs> like, why we can get these pictures of something that's years away, but we can't get this from 14 feet away to be any better. Makes me laugh every time I see it. Uh, but in seriousness, we should say, hey, person who burnt the temple, you're a jerk. Please don't burn our temples. Uh, there is a, a $5,000 reward for anyone who has any sort of information about it. And I think that sucks. I I wish that people could just, you know, I don't like that you're doing a temple there. Okay, let's talk about it. What what have we done? Have we hurt you? Can we make amends? Please don't, you know, cause several thousand dollars worth of damage to a building that we're that we're putting together. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Salt Lake, new stuff about Salt Lake. Yeah, we just got an August update to the renovation. And so they have a video explaining the process of the Jack and Boar um, kind of foundation is what they're doing underneath the temple. And um, kind of surprising because when I went to the temple, Salt Lake Temple, about a year ago, um, there was these like massive steel tubes underneath the temple. And I asked the sister missionaries, they were, they're like, oh, do you have any questions? And I'm like, oh, like, what are those steel tubes down there? Do people go down there? I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> but indeed they do. There is a worker that um, for eight hours a day, even, they he goes down there by and um, takes out um, big clunks of dirt and whatever rock by hand. And so they have to basically insert these tubes into the foundation of the temple. They'll eventually refill them with um, a stronger concrete. That's crazy. That, that seems like almost a penance, like, Hey, you haven't been doing the things that you're supposed to. You get tube duty. You That's get right. down there. You've got tube duty. For... They only get about six feet a day. So it's a, it's a slow process. And so you can see why this temple is going to take five years to be renovated. Also, the uh, the process of jack and bore, I think, if we can be a little silly for a minute. Like, I just feel like that's it. It, it just seems to be you know, something else like, uh, like the name of a radio show or like, uh, <laughs> what your nickname for when you have the young missionary and the high councilman at, uh, you know, speaking in church, it's Jack and bore, you know, the boring guy. And I don't know. But yeah, I would definitely suggest watching that video that the church put out at very good graphics about how eventually these, um, this part of the foundation will connect to the base isolators that will be able to shift during an earthquake. And then they connect up to the roof and the spires of the temple to keep it all in one unit in case anything moves. Isn't it insane? Oh yeah. The, the, just the millions and millions of dollars, but also that just like the very precise work that has to go in to be able to restore that building. But can you imagine, I mean, the other side of that is an earthquake comes to the Salt Lake Valley, which we know it will eventually. And the temple collapses and all of us go, Oh, um, <laughs> Like what a piece of history to lose. So I'm 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 grateful they're going to all that extent. But man, it just seems, uh, you know, jokes aside, it seems like a precise, tedious, careful process to be able to make sure that the the temple just continues to exist for centuries to come. Yeah, that's right. Assuming there's centuries, Corey, maybe it's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. 
or 50 years until the next renovation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We've got a better plan to do this. Uh, Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh, uh, he comes on the Articles of News and does the temple ticker. Uh, I appreciate you coming in, sharing all the things. Hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show. Ow!